Welcome to the C3 Calgary podcast. We're so grateful that you're a part of our family and we'd love to invite you to one of our services. To find locations, times, and more information about our church, visit our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram. Enjoy the message. share the scriptures today. I'm going to share the word and I'm excited. It's my favorite, favorite thing to do. And you know, something that my son's been doing, um, Brittany and I have a three-year-old and uh, a four-month-old and something he's been doing lately is fascinating and interesting and weird. All these things at once. And he's decided that he has a pet sheep, a pet sheep called Sheepy. Full disclosure, we haven't bought him a pet sheep. That's not what we've done. We don't, he doesn't even have a sheep toy, really. He'll just designate whatever he finds on that day. Plastic bag. Some days it's been a branch. Some days it's been a plastic bag. Brittany sent me a photo a couple weeks ago of him snuggled up on the bed to a shopping bag, which was sheepy that day. He's decided that when he looks at these things, he sees sheepy. Sometimes it's a pebble from the road. He even found, managed to find a, a rusty screw that had fallen off something and decided that day that was cute, fluffy, sheepy. He's three years old. It's okay that he does this. If he's 23 and still doing this, we might have some problems. But he sees something that we can't see when we look at it. And today, my encouragement, my message is called, what do you see? What do you see? On Good Friday, it doesn't overly matter too much what I see or what those around us see about this day. It's what do you see? I'm going to jump into the scriptures and share a passage of scripture about the crucifixion of Jesus here as we, Good Friday is the day we celebrate and reflect on the death. And um, Friday's here, but Sunday's the title, and many of us would know the context of what this means is um, Friday's here, but Sunday's are coming. And, and that's the, the resurrection's coming. And that's why we can call it a Good Friday because of the context. But I do want us to pause and take a moment and, uh, and drop our years, maybe for some of us, of Bible history and church and think about the moment that took place on this day that we celebrate. So John chapter 19, starting at verse 1, it says, Then Pilate took Jesus and flogged him. So Jesus has been arrested. Jesus has been um, falsely accused. He's gone through already a whole bunch of, of um, uh, mockery. He's gone through a whole bunch of uh, physical abuse and pain. He's been brought um, in front of the leaders here. It says, Then Pilate took Jesus and flogged him, and the soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head and arrayed him in a purple robe. They came up to him saying, Hail, King of the Jews, and struck him with their hands. Pilate went out again and said to them, See, I am bringing him out to you. Pilate sees a man with no guilt, found no guilt in him. What do you see? Pilate sees a man with no guilt here. It says, So Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, Behold the man. But when the chief priest and the officers saw him, they cried out, Crucify him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and crucify him, for I found no guilt in him. We'll jump down a few verses here to verse 17. It says, So they took Jesus and went out. And Jesus, bearing his own cross, he went to the place called the place of a skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. 
there they crucified him with two others on either side and Jesus between them. Pilate also wrote an inscription and put it on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read the inscription for the, the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, the King of the Jews, and in Greek. So the chief priest of the Jews said to Pilate, do not write the King of the Jews, but rather write, this man said, I am the King of the Jews. Pilate answered, what I have written, I have written. Verse 23, when the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his garments and divided them into four parts, one part for each soldier and also his tunic. The tunic was seamless, woven to one piece from top to bottom. So they said to one another, let us not tear it, but cast lots for it to see whose it shall be. This was to fulfill the scripture that says they divided my garments among them and for my clothing they cast lots. So the soldiers did these things, verse 25, but standing by the cross of Jesus, was his mother and his mother's sister. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple of whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. He said to his disciple, behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. Last few verses here. It says, after this, Jesus, a jar full of finished, said, to fulfill the scripture again, I thirst. A jar full of sour wine stood there, so they put a sponge full of the sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Such a powerful description of what's taking place there, of the crucifixion. What do you see? You know, it's funny, why do we call it Good Friday? For real, have you ever contemplated that? I know many of you have, but maybe do that again. Why, why, why do you, we call it Good Friday? Why does tradition and history and church history name this day Good Friday? In a natural reading of the Scriptures, there's nothing good about it. Place yourself in the position of uh, anyone around that day. There was nothing good about it. The, the disciples... Although he did kind of give them a few, been following Jesus for three years, and they weren't expecting it to turn out like this. Although he did kind of give them a few heads ups along the way that things were going to take place. Um, but they were shocked, and they were hiding in the distance, many of them, afraid that if they came forward, they might be subject to the same treatment, they might be mocked. So they were devastated. It wasn't a good Friday. It says that Jesus' mother, Mary, was right by the cross, weeping watching her son tortured, falsely accused, beaten, hanging on a cross. That's not a good Friday. Many of the Jewish people um, came out to see, as, as it said in the scriptures there, and uh, they were coming from the city, men, women, and children coming along, and, and they'd see Jesus in amongst the other criminals, like they'd seen before and like they would see afterwards, crucified on, on the cross. And some of them maybe would turn their heads in disgust that the scenes, some of them maybe would gaze on with curiosity and wonder, what did these criminals do to deserve this? They'd read the inscriptions. So why do we see what's taking place? But it wasn't a Good Friday for them. So why do we call it Good Friday? To see it through the eyes of those watching, or even now, for those who don't have the context that we find in, in Scripture and throughout our experience with God, it's not a good day. 
yet history inside of the church for us here today and, and outside have deemed it a good day, Good Friday. I didn't grow up in a house, uh, like an a active faith growing up in my family. We didn't grow up um, necessarily living the Christian life. I got saved as a teenager but even we knew on the other side of the world where I'm from in Tasmania in a small rural town where there's not many people who would identify as being a follower of Christ, even we knew there was something special about Good Friday. And there was a reverence. And for us, we didn't know the fullness of that. We didn't know the expression. But we would take a moment on Friday, as would many people uh, around me. And they would take a moment to reflect who on any other day of the year would not give God a second thought and they would take a moment to reflect. There was something inside of us that recognizes that it's a special celebration. It's a, that Jesus dying on the cross is more than just a man dying on the cross. And the way we would do that is we, um, in, in the context of how I grew up is we wouldn't eat red meat. I don't know if anybody else had that tradition or maybe has that today. And, my, and um, we'd eat fish on that day. And good thing I like eating fish anyway. So it, it was a great day. But even us who didn't have an active faith knew that there was something different about Good Friday. What do you see? What do I see? It is a Good Friday we celebrate, although the scenes and what took place is in no way good. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18 says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. So here's the beginning to who are being saved. It is the power of God. So here's the beginning to this question of why is it good? This is a, a, this is a beginning to the solution or the answer. It comes down to a matter of perspective. What do we see? This Good Friday, we celebrate like we do always and many of us every day of our life, the sacrifice of the cross. So as 1 Corinthians says here, the message of the cross. And this may seem foolish, and it does seem foolish outside of the context of knowing who God is and knowing the demonstration and what He's doing through it. De Jesus' death on the cross is in no way foolish. It is the most purposeful and intentional and impactful event to ever take place on this earth. For those who understand and seek and want to grasp the day, and, and maybe you've been a Christian your whole life, and maybe today on what, it, an invitation to start that process, but today we're all reflecting on what it is that took place. I believe the cross is the most purposeful and intentional way God has shown us that He wants to get to you and I, that He wants to speak to you and I. He wants to demonstrate and has demonstrated his love for you and I, and that he wants to free you and I. So what do you see? I, I encourage you, this isn't a shallow question that needs to be dismissed today. What, what do we see? And we're going to very shortly take communion, but um, it's very fitting to reflect today on this Good Friday that others might see a day of mourning, and we do mourn, because what took place was tragic and gut-wrenching, that God could come to earth and be treated that way. I can't even get my head around that, except, please, for the resurrection, but Sundays are coming. 
and it was what needed to take place for the resurrection to take place. You can't have Resurrection Sunday without Good Friday, without a crucifixion taking place, where the perfect Son of God in our place died a death that mankind deserved to die, forgives us of our sins, frees us of our sins. See, we've got to realize it's not just about forgiveness of our sins and we're back to neutral. He actually forgives us of our sin and then frees us from being captive to that sin any longer and buys an eternal victory for us that we can have a relationship with God and that as our whatever day comes for us where um, we leave this earth, it is not a final day of our life. It's actually our day of stepping into a new life of eternity with God. That's what takes place through the cross. And I want us to hear today um, that the greatest dilemma that we all face and human faces and every living creature faces is that um, great show. I, I've been watching a show called Yellowstone. Um, great show. Might have to fast forward some of the scenes we do. But um, in Yellowstone, it, there's an interesting statement last week in the episode I watched. And John Dutton, who's the cowboy, the, the rancher there, says, makes his statement. He says to his grandson, he says, Tate, um, everything dies. It's a thing that every living creature faces on this earth. It's the great dilemma. He says, no one, no one dies of old age. Something actually kills us, whether it's a bacteria or whether it's a grizzly bear. I don't see any grizzly bears here today, and I know there's no bacteria that can do that. But the point that he's making is that it's the greatest thing that every living person is going to have to face. So that's the greatest thing. And we celebrate a day where Jesus overcame death on the cross and won the victory over the greatest thing that we all face. How much more can our lesser problems be dealt with through Jesus Christ? And many of us here allowing many, many has died for us, greater problem, but we're actually allowing many, many deaths to take place every day in our life that Jesus has actually overcome on our behalf. And we keep nailing um, our shame uh, back to ourselves rather than nailing it to the cross. And we keep dying a death over again in our mind or in a caught up in a lifestyle or caught up in a thought pattern that Jesus actually nailed to the cross and rose victorious over. So if God, and he did, and that's what the word of God reveals, that's what we're celebrating today, overcome the greatest dilemma. I wanna encourage you as we leave today, whatever you're facing, there's victory in the cross in Jesus Christ. That's what we're celebrating. The greatest victory, therefore, your need for a smaller victory has been dealt with as well through the sun. That's what we reflect on this day. And we're gonna take communion which is very um, fitting on this Good Friday. This is our first time as C3 East Village ever having a Good Friday service. And it's great. So welcome. You're, um, welcome to the first. First of many more, I, I hope. Um, and I'm so happy we get to be here today. I want to share a little bit, particularly around communion and the remembrance of death, uh, the death of Jesus, and in turn, what he put to death for us on the cross. But Jesus, prior to any of this taking place, he's sharing a Last Supper um, with his disciples. And I saw a meme go around this week. I don't know if anyone else saw it on Facebook. Um, Judas kind of said to Jesus, I'll, I'll see you at the Last Supper. And Jesus said back, what, what do you mean the Last Supper? This is just our normal get together. We'll get together. He's like, oh yes, uh, the, the Friday night's get together with the boys. That's where I'll see you. That's where I'll see you. But, but it did end up being the Last Supper and Jesus was very well aware of that. 
um, and he's sharing with his guys his last meal. And in Matthew 26, verse 26, he says, now it's, it says, the scripture records, Now as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, broke it, and gave it to the disciples. And he took a cup, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he gave thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Then they sung a hymn together. They worshiped together. I love that Jesus worships with his guys this is one of the last acts that he took place. That's why it's so important we continue to gather and worship as much as we can. And so they went out to the Mount of Olives. So today, what do you see? Do you see simply another life crucified on a cross like has been done before and after? Or do you see so much more taking place like I do? That's what we're going to reflect on in this time. I'll invite the worship team to come up as I conclude here. Um, you, you, like I said, you should have a juice now. There's a, the wafers in top of the lid there. And we're going to spend a bit of time reflecting, taking communion. Maybe you're here by yourself today. Um, and I encourage you to reflect where you're at. Maybe you're with your, your family, uh, you can pray together. Maybe you're with somebody from your household or your unit or bubble or whatever the people are these days are calling that thing that we're in. Um, you can pray together or you can just spend this time reflecting. But I don't want us to rush through communion. I know it's a small juice and a small wafer, but I want us to take a moment of reflection. And I want to share one of the most powerful scriptures that impacted me really in coming to know Jesus and the Lord. And it's way back thousands of years, it's prophetic fulfillment of, um, of what takes place on the cross and what we're celebrating here on Friday. And that's in Isaiah 53. And then the worship band's gonna, they've prepared a, a hymn for us today. And during that time, at any moment, I want you to take communion. But again, I don't want you to rush it because this is a moment we get to think, reflect through scriptures and pause before we go about our day. And in Isaiah 53, speaking of Jesus, and if you want to, please feel free to close your eyes in this moment. You don't have to, but suffering. It says, surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. Verse 5 says, he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And the punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. If you've come in today and you're in pain, I want you to take a moment to see that he took your pain. If you've come in today and you're suffering, and I know many people, many of us are suffering in different ways. Today in this moment, would you see that he bore your suffering already? If you have transgressed, and we all have transgressed in some way, but... Maybe you're walking far from God today. Maybe you're in a lifestyle, a pattern that you know is already pierced for that. You and the Lord, if you've transgressed like we all have, see that He was already pierced for that. And you can accept His forgiveness today if you invite Him in. If you're feeling crushed by your iniquities, which is our weaknesses, our areas, our spots that we can't measure up and 
there's so much pressure from us on this world to look a certain way, to act a certain way, to be a certain way, to display strength a certain way, and none of us can actually do it. And if you're feeling crushed by that pressure and your iniquities, our weaknesses, see that He was crushed so we need not be crushed anymore. We can be free. In His death, we have access to peace if we would see it and if we would accept it. What do you see today? I want you to see His peace. And in His wounds, can you see the wounds of Jesus offer us healing for our wounds and pain? There's no wounds like God who is crucified on the cross. They don't really offer us healing, but wounds of the, the Son of God who is crucified on the cross for us, those wounds offer healing to our wounds and to our souls and to our pains. So if you take your cup with you today, maybe you've never invited Jesus into your heart. This would be a great opportunity to do that. And you could actually partake in communion as an act of faith saying, I'm accepting that this wasn't an ordinary man and this wasn't an ordinary day, but this is actually something that I need to acknowledge in faith. You can do that today. Or if you're a believer here today partaking, let's spend some time reflecting on the body and on the blood. Let me pray in your seats or reflect. Like I said, we're going to spend some time. And then if you want to stand and worship, you can. If you want to stay seated, I want this just to be a time where we allow the Holy Spirit to minister to all of us. So Lord, I thank you for what this represents as we partake communion today. I thank you for us, your body that was beaten, that was broken, that was placed on a cross for us. And in the natural, that doesn't make for a good day. But in the context of what you achieved and what you did and the demonstration of love poured out, that is why we call it Good Friday. And Lord, the juice that represents your blood, that washes us clean, that uh, forgives us of our sin and washes away our sin and actually bestows upon us your righteousness and your status before God because of the body, because of the blood that you shed, we can have relationship with the Father God. And we're so thankful today for that. So Holy Spirit, in this moment, would you come and minister to us as we partake together? We bless and, and, and as the pastor and facilitator of this service, I bless the wafer and the, the juice, Lord. And we don't just see it as a wafer and juice. We see it as your body and your blood today. Thank you, God. Minister in this place. And the worship team is going to play. Amen. Amen. Okay, guys. In your own time, you can partake. And the worship team is going to play over us. And we can join in as we feel led. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our C3 Calgary live stream on YouTube. If this message resonated with you and you'd like to give to our church, you can do so on our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.